Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Barron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Well, welcome everybody. We are joining you from Midtown, uh, the neighborhood in Kansas City where we are planting Midtown Church. My name is Cassie Farron and I'm joined by my co-host, co-pastor, uh, partner in crime, yes. Alex. Hey everyone. And uh, we're currently sitting here drinking our coffee. Alex is the uh, coffee maker supreme in our household. He's got like a whole little setup over uh, in our apartment here and has made me a delicious cup of coffee yes. that I am thoroughly enjoying. Yes. Um, but we're excited today because we are continuing with our four-part mini-series on what it looks like to become more like Jesus. And so if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, I would encourage you to do so uh, to kind of set up this conversation. But for those of us that have listened and it's been a week, uh, I want to just take a little bit to couch this conversation, a little bit of time to couch this conversation uh, in what we've talked about previously. So today we're focusing on loves, um, but also with the understanding that previously we've talked about stories. And so um, we believe uh, that as followers of Jesus, um, as people that desire to become more like Jesus, uh, that the way in which we can do that, we become more like him or are intentionally formed, which is a term we use a lot at Midtown. Uh, one of those ways is by stories, loves, and habits. Mm -hmm. And the interaction of those three principles um, really help us to grow in our walk with Jesus um, as we begin analyzing those and thinking through those. So last week we talked a lot about stories, which stories are simply just organizing principles for our life. Um, and really kind of based this in um, what's called the narrative theory. And that's a theory that I actually study as a communications uh, individual. I got my master's in communications and it essentially states that the stories that we tell and we experience actually create meaning in our life. And so all of these things that we um, take in day in and day out and these stories that we tell day in and day out actually change and shape who we are and what we make of this life. And so really we kind of left our last podcast talking a little bit about how do we align our stories with the story of Jesus? And we identify that we first have to know what Jesus' story is, right? Right. And then we have to identify what stories we tell. And then we have to work at transforming those stories that we tell into the story of Jesus by changing what we worship. And that's kind of where we left off. Um, and we hinted at this last week, but Changing what we worship really is hinting at this concept of loves. Yeah. What we worship is what we love. Yeah. And so um, that being said, uh, as we continue to move forward uh, in this little mini series here and focus on loves, I do think it would be helpful for us to kind of begin by framing this conversation in the context of the relationship between stories and loves. So Alex, why don't you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah, so... In our current time, there are 
hundreds of storytelling mechanisms and ways for stories to be given. I think one of the short storytelling mechanisms for today are just simply commercials or ads mm. that we see all the time. I mean, you jump on Instagram, you're on YouTube, you're watching live TV, God forbid, or you're on <laughs> Yeah, you're who on does Hulu that anymore? Or, you know, you, you're seeing these ads that are essentially a short story or a short pitch as to what you should do. Mm. Um, and Apple is a master at this short, tw- short storytelling format. Yeah. I think of one. Um, we all have an iPhone. Yeah, we so all have iPhones. Be evident, so it's, so. <laughs> it's Success. fairly successful. Yeah. Um, I think of one. I think this was for the iPhone 11. I don't know that a single word was said the entire the entire commercial, there wasn't a, a word on the screen. It mm. was all just images of good-looking people holding their <laughs> iPhone. They were, you know, lounging in a park. They are spilling something on it and wiping it off and going about their day. They're dropping it on the floor and it's not cracking. It's them taking a selfie at a party without a single word being spoken. They sold us. On this idea that we need the new iPhone. Yeah, the story that blank makes us happier. Yeah. Stuff makes us happier, yeah. specifically in this. With this particular iPhones. commercial, yeah. the the pitch or the narrative behind it is that the iPhone will make you happier. Yeah. The the by purchasing the new iPhone, you'll find happiness. Yeah. And you know, that's the story. The the love that is developed is okay, how do I get that iPhone? Yeah. You begin to scheme, you know, how can I get a few more hours at work? Yeah. How can I change my cell phone plan to, to kind of get in that space where I can get the new iPhone? You begin scheming and thinking, even without cognitive, like, okay, I want this. Sometimes or I love this. Or I love this. Yeah. You don't, you don't articulate those at times. You just begin, like, setting up plans. You begin yeah. just going through the motions of getting it. And and so what we're we're getting at with loves, and maybe another term for this would be appetites. Yeah. What we're getting at with loves is there's sometimes unarticulated desires deeply held in our body and in our hearts and in our emotions that kind of determine drive and drive yeah. what we do. It's kind of that concept when you leave work on your way home and then you look up and you're like, oh, it's been 20 minutes and I'm home. It's loves are that autopilot, that autopilot driving yeah. us. And um, those are informed by the stories. The, the yeah. stories kind of create the map, yeah. but then our loves are the autopilot yeah. for that. You know, somebody listening to this may think like, okay, stories and loves, like I get that they're different, but they're also like, they're very much interconnected, which is, yes, true. And I think actually a really important concept in all of this, like stories, love and habits very much are integrated in a sense. Like it's not just simply one straight line, but rather like a circle that encompasses it all. But I think it's still really important to delineate these things because at the end of the day, our stories justify our loves. Mm. So like, I feel okay about loving something like it's accepted. It's normalized Mm -hmm. because I have internalized this narrative or this story. And the reason why that's so important, especially as we couch this into like Jesus and the kingdom that we live in through relationship with him is that we actually have to realize our stories that we tell don't 
justify our like loves because our stories are inherently wrong. And so when we realize like, Oh shoot, I can't let this story justify my love there because I, I can't love this thing if I'm in the kingdom of Jesus. That's where that change really begins to happen. But I think I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Uh, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about, you know, we talked about, okay, loves and stories. Great. We kind of understand the difference between the two. Kind of talked about how, what their relationship looks like, but maybe it would be good to just take a step back and say, okay, let's define exactly what is a love. What does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about something so hard to put, like <laughs> yeah. concrete language around, but it's something we so intuitively understand. Um, one of our favorite books, and it's been mentioned, you know, it's going to be mentioned countless more times, is You Are What You Love by philosopher James K.A. Smith. Yeah. And he has this really like bizarre, charming analogy at the very beginning of the book in which he argues that we are not thinking things as much as we are loving things. So he kind of calls us, you know, we think of ourselves as brains on a stick. Yeah. We think of ourselves as wholly logical, like these cognitive animals that are always thinking our way through life. It's like the willing it into being. Yeah, we're willing things into being and we're always logical. Well, just survey any of your days and you'll recognize that most of your day most of your decisions actually didn't come from cognitive, logical mm. thinking. They came from that space of autopilot. Yeah. They came from that space of, I'm just doing this because it's, it is the thing that I do. Mm. And so what we're saying with the loves is we want to get at that autopilot. Yeah. We want to talk about what are those automatic decisions that you actually don't even give cognitive thought to. You just make them and asking the question, where do those come from? We're arguing those come from the stories that are being told and they are informing that autopilot. So we want to, we want to get at that autopilot uh, mechanism in our life. Yeah. You know, I think something really important to distinguish at this point in the conversation is the reality that in church culture, when we talk about the word worship, we generally think it's like confined to Chris musical. Wor- yeah, Chris Tomlin, Chris Hillsong. Tomlin, Hillsong. Yeah, musical worship. And it's really important for us to understand that worship is not confined to music. In fact, if you uh, attend Alex and I's if church or you plan on attending a gathering in the future, you'll frequently hear us talk about musical worship. Because we'll actually say, like, this is our form of, this is a form of worship, our musical worship, when we talk about that Mm -hmm. traditional church worship time. And that's really intentional. The reason being, because we have to understand as human beings, regardless of whether we are followers of Jesus or not, we all worship something. Yeah. Actually, many things. But we all worship at least one thing. And so it's not about whether we worship, but what we worship. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that like Christians that sit on pews week in and week out Mm -hmm. in churches worship a lot of the same things that people that don't go to church worship day in and day out. And so much of that is just humanity. And I mean, we're guilty of that. We're not above that by any stretch of the imagination. So much of that is just humanity. Mm -hmm. But it really brings into context that great commandment that says Mm. love the Lord your God with all of your heart and like you're not allowed to worship any idols like it really brings into perspective that commandment um 
because there are a lot, I mean, you hear preachers talk about it. There are a lot of idols in our life. I almost think a better contextual way of saying that for our 21st century is there are a lot of things we worship in life. Yeah. And there are, therefore there's a lot of things that we love in life that actually compete with what Jesus loves. So Mm. that kind of brings us to our next um, point here. Um, Alex, why don't you share a little bit with us um, how loves tie into just the Christian life? Yeah. Well, I mean, as, as defining loves kind of as the things that we worship or maybe even the idols in our life, it, it becomes really clear at the point in which Jesus wants to make his stake in the ground of our life going, you shall have no other gods before me. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really clear that in this conversation, it, it is a conversation of who, who is the Lord of your loves, who is the Lord of your heart, who is the mm. Lord of your that you are worshiping. And so it becomes abundantly clear that that is something we have to take incredibly seriously. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, just musical worship and its space in in the church. And while we want to say worship is so much bigger than that, um, music plays an important role in our yeah. life in that it is a storytelling activity. It is, yeah. Um, some of my worst theology, some of the worst <laughs> ways I think about God have oh, come no. from worship songs. <laughs> yeah. And some of the best ways that I think about God also come from worship yeah. songs because they they communicate to us really at a different register than yeah. just intellectual thought. Well, and we're constantly repeating them we're constantly over and over and over them. and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And, and, and in so many ways, they shape those underlying underpinning thoughts and those underlying kind of loves that we have towards God. Mm-hmm. And they move us forward in, in ways we couldn't predict necessarily. Yeah. And so I think it's important for us as Christians to, to take, to, to take, um, inventory of those loves and to determine, okay, is this a healthy, is this a healthy worship? Is this a mm. healthy love? And ultimately is Christ the Lord of that? Yeah, no, that's good. I think you've already started at hinting at it here, but for those of, um, you that are listening, you're probably wondering, okay, similar to stories, how do I begin transforming like these loves and orienting those around Christ? So why don't you share a little bit with us yeah. on, on what that looks like? I, th- I think the first thing to articulate is this is a lifelong process. Yeah. Um, not a one-stop shop. This is not a one-stop <laughs> shop. You don't just stop in and go, okay, I've fixed my loves for life. Yeah. Um, that actually daily we adjust to those things. Yeah. Um, you know, Paul in in Romans 12 talks about the renewing of our mind Um, Mm. in so many ways this is the taking inventory of the stories that we're believing that day and the ways in which it's being lived out in our heart and through our autopilot through our worship and um, so I I think being cognizant of it is the first kind of really just the first step recognizing yeah being being aware that so much of my life is lived in that unarticulated space. Yeah. So much of my life is lived in that autopilot space. Just yeah. being aware of that first and foremost, yeah. I think, would go a long way with Christianity yeah. um, in the American church. And then the second part is beginning to kind of evaluate those things. Mm. Um, we're, we're in the season of Lent currently as we're recording this, and we have stripped away kind of forms of entertainment that 
take up the space in our life. And um, you don't realize how much space something takes up in your life until it's or how actually much you removed. rely and depend on it. <laughs> how much you rely and depend on it. Yeah. Like just the other day, um, you know, I was taking a break from work and, you know, my go to is just to, to throw something on the TV and kind of be to mindlessly scroll. Um, and when both of those things are taken away you realize how much you yearn for just entertainment. Yeah, you came into the kitchen as I was cooking and just looked at yeah, me. Yeah, just, <laughs> just aimless. And, and in that like short little like moment, like I was made aware of just how much I loved just being entertained or mm. being pacified or just being yeah. absorbed in, you know, yeah. something, you know, mindless. And so I think practices of like, fasting and solitude and abstinence begin to like mm. the things that in that space that you're yearning for you're like oh, i wish i could yeah. that next thing you might evaluate even further because it's very possible that that stands as an idol in your life or something that you you love more than you might love christ yeah i think what we're getting at here is in like the current culture and context that we live in as christians and just as people that live like in America, we live at such a fast paced rhythm of mm-hmm. life that we don't take time to really think through many of these things. And no. so we have to implement strategies into our life to make space to be cognizantly aware and even let the Holy Spirit reveal to us where our loves and our stories lie in life. Absolutely. And so you're right. I think fasting is one of the ways that we do that it's not just simply abstaining from something but actually making space for the holy spirit to minister to us to um for us to spend more times in in quiet and solitude for us to spend more times honestly just thinking because we don't do that a whole lot right um i think uh solitude is another great practice that you talked about um sabbath would be another one where we intentionally take a day and time of rest not simply to fill ourselves with Mm -hmm. media consumption Mm -hmm. or vegging on the couch but to become cognizantly aware of like our thinking and our feeling and our emotions and all those things so so much of being able to transform our stories or identify our stories identify our loves is through just making space to think and pray and let the holy spirit reveal those things to us yeah and we're in in good company. This is contemplative Christianity. Yeah. This is the cl- contemplative tradition that flows really all throughout the church history. It's making space and, and instituting practices and rituals and rhythms in which we become mindful. Yeah. Um, especially in our, it ironically, the busier we are, the more we live on that autopilot. Yeah. The more we're running from this thing to next thing the more that autopilot kicks in and makes more decisions than our brain, than our logical thought, than what we truly want to yeah. go. Sometimes we we go years without evaluating the trajectory of our life. Yeah. And then we look back and we're disappointed. But part of it is because we haven't taken the time to evaluate, am I going in the right direction? It would be like, you know, someone driving you know trying to get from missouri to florida without consulting a map just taking off yeah um and that's just that's an unhealthy practice for anyone much less the christian who has a very particular direction for our life Mm. in jesus and so kind of what we're 
we're suggesting is take the time to evaluate those things. And fasting, solitude, Sabbath, abstinence, those, those things... Are, the, are, are creating the space and the margin yeah. for us to evaluate. Yeah. I also think it's really important to couch these um, not in solely like isolated practices. So like right. so much of what we're talking about is more of isolated like things that yeah. we can do to make space. But something that I think has become abundantly clear as we've done this mini series is that we're not fully aware even when we take the time to evaluate Mm -hmm. we're not always fully aware of the stories and the loves that inform our life and sometimes it takes the perspective of of another like of another person to really highlight those things in our life and so you know it's I, I think although those practices that we just talked about they're super important I also think that we can't fully couch this transformation mm-hmm. within isolation. Like we oh, have to couch it within like people and friendships and Christian community that continues yep. to spurs forward. And that's part of the reason why like the church is so important. Like yeah. we can do all of these things in isolation and on our own. But at the end of the day, we're only informing mm-hmm. our evaluation by our own cognitive like cognitive awareness of who we are, which is very limited. And science like shows us that it's very limited. And so I think it's really important to make space in our lives um, to even like intentionally approach people in our lives and say, hey, I want you to give some thought to, you know, some areas in which you feel like I I'm loving something other than Jesus or my story is not aligning with his. Yeah. And like, let's talk through that. And I think that's really important and something we don't do super well in our friendships. Yeah. The, the disciplines and the rituals that we're suggesting actually just create the margin for us to evaluate how we are, um, how we are loving in the social spaces of our yeah. life. So um, whenever someone says, oh, I didn't know you know, this about you, whenever someone makes an observation about us, to us, it is an opportunity to kind of think about, you know, how, how, do, how did their observation, it, how does that inform what I'm truly loving? Um, because most of our loves, I would say, have some kind of social element to us. Let's go back to the iPhone thing. All of those examples were in social situations. Um, if I have the iPhone, I might be more accepted. I might find a beautiful mm. companion. Yeah. Uh, like these are I'll social things. I'll be invited things. to the parties. I'll be invited to the parties. <laughs> but, you know, another really relevant love in our culture is just power. Yeah. We want to be at the, the top. The Jeff Bezos we, of the world. We, yeah, we want to be at the top of yeah. the social ladder. And we make decisions, we protect our power, we protect our responsibilities, oftentimes in ruthless ways. Mm. Um, and sometimes we don't even make those, we don't go, I'm going to be mean to so-and-so today. But we are simply because we're trying to protect our little realm of, yeah. of uh, our life. And so yeah. I think in so many ways, the social settings we find ourselves are very revealing and we have to invite others into maybe that process of discerning, Hey, where, where could I have my loves off? Where did I make a decision that is seemingly in discontinuity with the loves of Jesus? Yeah, no, that's good. I think similarly to, um, 
stories and how we talked about like, okay, how do we align our stories with Jesus? When it comes to our loves, I think we approach it very similarly to our stories. I think we have to first be aware of what Jesus loved. And then I think we have to analyze what we love, be aware of what we love, which is kind of what you've been talking about, Alex. Mm -hmm. And then I think we have to begin transforming our loves into what Jesus loves. And so much of that requires practice or another word for that would be habits, habits, ding, 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 (laughs) which you've actually mentioned a couple times throughout this podcast. And so we're going to be focusing on uh, identifying some of those habits that really do transform our loves and ultimately our stories over um, the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.